Welcome to Hey, Remember the 80s? I'm Carrie. And I am Joe. Welcome back. This is our second episode that we're recording. Who knows when you will hear it or how it will get to you. It's all up in the air at this point. <laughs> we're working on it. Just wanted to remind everyone that um, we're just amateurs talking about 80s music. We don't have any experience editing, recording, or talking about music in a critical fashion. So be kind to us. We're not music critics. We're just a bunch of poindexters talking about 80s music. So give us a break. Yeah. Joe, what are we going to talk about this week? That is a good question. I have been preparing this for a little bit. We are going to discuss the number one song for each year of the 80s. So that's like the number one song of 1980. Does it hold up? Did it deserve that title? Maybe the second best song of that year deserves the crown we'll see which one had more staying power and which one um, actually makes sense to be called the number one song of the year sounds good you know i'll have to tell you when i was putting this list together of the number ones and number two of the years not a whole lot of surprises on this list i think everyone will be familiar with these songs and i guess probably as we get into it there will be some i don't know some razor thin margins between these (laughs) Not always in a good way. <laughs> right. There's some where I look at the two and I think, does it really matter? But yeah. there's some other ones that I think are just a little bit more interesting. And each song kind of shows a different side of that era. So those are the yeah. ones that are I'm really excited about. Okay. Well, let's start with 1980. Yes, let's get that one out of the way. No, I'm just <laughs> kidding. I do look at 1980 and 1981. I'm always kind of like, hmm. I think we've said, maybe we said in the first episode, but I'll repeat again, that uh, the 80s doesn't really start for me until like 1982. I mean, I'll take the 80s, I'll take 80 and 81, but really I'm not a big fan of those years. Honestly, the number one and number two songs of that year even kind of surprised me for being technically 80s. A few years ago, I thought, oh, those are definitely 70s songs. Number one was Call Me by Blondie. Yeah, and number two was Another Brick in the Wall, part two, by Pink Floyd. So you kind of, I think, they're very different songs. Yeah, (laughs) I would say so. (laughs) And actually, Call Me by Blondie, for being just even a number one song for even a week, would impress me because I just thought they were just really modern and a female-fronted rock band, and she did, you know, try to rap on that one song, but I was just really impressed that America made it a number one song and not just that, but it was the number one song for the whole year of 1980. Yeah. I have to say, I think call me is a good song. I think it definitely falls into, and probably a lot of these that we'll talk about just falls into that category of songs that have just been played so much that it's hard to appreciate that they are actually good songs, but call me is one that, you know, if you hear it every once in a while and you think, oh, that's such a good one. And I, yeah, I think it's worthy. I think it's worthy of number one, especially over another brick in the wall, which I just have never cared for. I'm <laughs> not a big fan of Pink Floyd. I was, so I'm not going to lie. I'm really proud of myself for knowing and having memorized what the number one song was for the year, you know, each year in the 80s. But I got to say, when I saw that this was number two, I almost fell out of my chair. I <laughs> I knew it was popular because I knew it as a kid, but I never would have guessed it was number two in popularity in the USA in 1980. You know, congrats to all the 
Pink Floyd fans out there. Yeah, I think this really does epitomize like the contrasts and like the changing musical tastes that were happening at that time. Like probably Blondie was characterized as just kind of pure rock, but they definitely that song especially had sort of a new wave vibe and Mm -hmm. sort of, you know, was pulling trying to pull the. Uh, you know the tastes into a more modern sense and i guess i would say that another brick in the wall is definitely classic 70s sort right. of mm-hmm. um not really doing much new i mean i i always was scared by another brick in the wall too it would just sounded so dark and like scary when i was did younger you, did you so. also have a parent that made you watch that movie that was horrible no absolutely not <laughs> You had a parent that made you watch the Pink Floyd movie? I don't know if necessarily made me watch, but allowed me to watch it. And I think the statute of limitations is up. So I'll just (laughs) tell you that my dad let me watch it. And I remember a scene where a guy cuts his own nipple off with a razor blade. Oh, my God. Oh, God. All right. The less sad about that, the better. I I think we're both in agreement. Call Me is definitely a good number one and you know maybe um in the future we'll look at the list in total and maybe argue for a different one but definitely in terms of one versus two call me by blondie that's a slam dunk or yes definitely an agreement and now we're up to 1981 which i guess is the lesser of two evils because you have betty davis eyes by kim carnes uh the number one song versus endless love by diana ross and lionel richie yeah, these are two real stinkers. <laughs> I mean, what else yeah. can you say? I, you know, I just trying to separate myself out and think about it. Like, Endless Love definitely, I do not think, is a good song. I mean, no, it's just not at all. It really is. And you, yeah. even just the fact that it, the bridge is just the two of them going, bum, bum, <laughs> bum, bum, bum. Like, who, uh, who agreed that? Like, they should not have done that. Yeah, it makes, and a, it makes a bad song worse, for sure. Exactly. You know, I, trying to think, I, Betty Davis Eyes, I, you know, there might be some bones of a good song there. But again, this is just one where it's like absolutely cannot separate the fact that I've heard this a million times in my life. And it's one of those songs that gets played on 80 stations. And it's just not, it's just not memorable in terms of like wanting to hear it. So I've, I'm going to disagree with you just slightly because this is another one where I was familiar with it as a kid and growing up but I really oh my god I've heard it about 500 times in the last two years and it's I think it's growing on me but just (laughs) the music and not the words I can't okay cannot stand the words but as the music is definitely more interesting than than the lyrics you do know my favorite lyric um which is just an insane rhyme scheme but it's she's precocious and she knows just what it takes to make a pro blush. She's precocious, and she knows just what it takes to make a pro blush. She got yeah. Like that someone was on Angel Dust when they wrote that. I agree. You're, you're right. You know, the one big thing that I will give to this song is that Kim Carnes has an amazing voice, like, like and a unique voice, like something yeah, that you're not. Yeah that you wouldn't hear from other people. And I will say that I, given this song in particular, I never was a Kim Carnes fan, but I am hearing more and more of her songs as we have discovered the (laughs) eighties. And I like her more 
obscure ones a lot and I think she has a good good voice but you know and this song in particular is probably like obviously not my favorite song of hers and probably my least favorite song of hers maybe you would prefer Gwyneth Paltrow's version from the movie duets are you kidding me right now (laughs) why would I no did see that movie i remember she sang cruising with huey with lewis huey but lewis. i did not remember betty davis eyes oh my lord you might have to go back and revisit it Ugh. but i just wanted to say something about kim carnes's distinct voice wouldn't it be great if someone made a song now called kim carnes's voice yes as like a play Write it. on yeah okay copyright we the... put it out into the universe <laughs> now it's your it's your idea joe <laughs> And then, not to beat a dead horse, but back to Endless Love with that bum-bum part. They sound like two strangers in an elevator just, like, humming along to the song that's playing overhead, you know? like Yeah. <sighs> really it's makes bad. me mad. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, you know, in terms of this matchup, I, I got to take Betty Davis eyes just because of Kim Carnes voice and Endless Love is so bad. But, it's you know, really, really I don't I don't need to hear either of them. Yeah, I would be sad if I never heard Betty Davis eyes again, but not too sad. I think you have a little more investment in the 1982 number one song versus uh, number two. I do. The number one song of 1982 is Physical by Olivia Newton-John. And the number two song is Eye of the Tiger by Survivor. So I don't think we've covered yet, but uh, Olivia Newton-John has been a superstar in the past 18 months. (laughs) (laughs) I have. I I don't want to give any spoilers, but there will definitely be an all Olivia Newton-John episode of this podcast. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what to say except the fact that I just, I just love her. I just, and I don't know where it came from because this is another one. It's kind of like with um, Kim Carnes where after this song, it's like she was so well known for this song that I didn't really remember any of her other ones. She's got some real great. uh, She really does. And I'm not going to lie. There are some misses. I would argue that um, living in desperate times is kind of. Not too great. I don't know. We could argue about that, but okay. Yeah, she's definitely seek out her, um, you know, the rest of her discography and not just uh, physical. But physical, you know, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah, I mean, I think it's more well known for the video now, which is fun, and I like, I give her big props for like. She definitely ushered in. Yeah, um, athleisure wear was all <laughs> ONJ's doing. Move <laughs> over, Kate Hudson. <laughs> yeah, but definitely video, very iconic, very cheeky, very fun. You know, Eye of the Tiger, it, it, and it's another one I think that um, I like it. I guess I do like it. I surprised myself by saying that just at this very moment, but. Uh, it's it's a fun song to like have on your like workout playlist or 
you know, it's been used in a lot of like uh, cheesy, you know, montages. montages. Yeah. So I have some love for it due to that fact. I, I can't pick it over ONJ, even though I don't think physical is that great of a song. But I, I think they're. This is one where I think it's a little. It's, it's it's a hard call. It's even. But you know what is even more insane to think about when you're arguing about these two is that physical was the number one song of all of the 1980s. It was the longest running number one of the 1980s. So. I mean, when you're arguing, was it good enough to be number one that year? You have to just, like, remember was Eye of the Tiger. Like, is it good enough to overtake physical, knowing what you know about physical? Yeah, that's really bizarre, like, just thinking back on it now. Like, I don't know. I wasn't trying to put myself in the mindset of what people were clamoring for in 1982, but why that particular song struck a chord with people, who knows, but. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, what were, please let us know what your life was like. (laughs) That this was like you clung to this for so long. <laughs> we have many questions, and you can email yeah. us. Yeah, if you were uh, more than five years old in 1982, which is what Joe and I were, and and you had some you know deep abiding love for physical, I where did that come from? <laughs> we want to know. <laughs> All right, 1983, Joe. We've got uh, "Every Breath You Take" by The Police uh, versus "Flashdance" by Irene Cara. Listen, I love. Irene Cara more than most, I would say. But this yeah. is a tough match because they're both they're both very iconic, I feel. And they both hold up, although I think Every Breath You Take gets a lot more hate these days because it's basically a stalker anthem. Yeah, it doesn't hold up lyrically, that's for sure. But Flashdance will still get your ass out on the dance floor, I feel like. Yeah. So there you go. There's your answer from me, I think, that Flashdance... Dot, 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 what a feeling should be the true number one song of 1983. Yeah, you know what, Joe? I'm going to agree with you. I, uh, you know, every breath you take is a classic. It's a great song. You know, The Police is another one, I think, that, you know, you remember their big singles, but they've got a lot of great other songs that right. don't get Album remembered cuts. as mm. well. Yeah. And I, I really am a police fan, so yeah. I didn't, you know, make that decision lightly, but... Just, <laughs> I really just got to give it to Irene. She needs props whenever she can get yeah. them. So I'm happy to do that. Yeah, definitely Flashdance, I think, is, it holds up. I will 100% say that this, you could play Flashdance for me and, you know, and I would, I would dance and I, I would can, feel. I can do that and I will. And I think I have done that. In advance, <laughs> yeah, so. you're right. You're not just, not just talking. <laughs> All right, let's move on to 1984. What do we got there? Well, we have two of the biggest solo stars of all time, Michael Jackson and Paul McCartney, singing Say, 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 the number one song of the year. And then you had at number two, Prince, When Doves Cry. Wow, this is a barn burner. Oh, yeah. What do you think about Say, Say, Say? Let's hear your thoughts on that first. First of all, the local record store in St. Louis, Vintage Vinyl, has had... I don't know if they still have it, but they had like the album artwork hanging up right at the checkout. And instead of say, 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 they made it say gay, gay, gay. (laughs) And I'm not, I'm not agreeing with that choice. You know, some people may find it offensive, but every time I hear the song, that's what I think of. That's difficult. That's a difficult thing to overcome. I think so. It's just 
bad. It's a bad song. And yeah. it's it's got its catchy moments, but and it's really grown on me because again, another one, because it was so popular. I've yeah. had to hear it on the countdowns the last two years. And it's I've it's stuck in my head. It's not as horrible as I once thought it was, but when doves cry, I think is still I would say people's favorite song now. Like it's like almost holy to them. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, when you're just like talking about pure like musicality and like, you know, what the song is advancing, I mean, Say 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 is like a forgettable pop mm-hmm. song. Right. And When Doves Cry is like got stuff going on that would it's influence deep. people for years, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, yeah, I definitely think you have to say When Doves Cry by Prince over Say Say Say. You know, my biggest beef with Say 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 is that. I don't think they sound good together. They just don't, their voices don't, they don't mesh for me. It just sounds like two people sort of singing different songs, I guess, almost. But yeah, it's, definitely. It's better than The Girl Is Mine. Yeah, I mean, is that the only other one they did? Or did they have another one, too? I'm only thinking of those two, but I'll yeah. have the producer do some research <laughs> and get back to us with that. I mean, I hope it's only those two, but I have a feeling these guys were screwing around together there there might be others in the (laughs) vault yeah no innuendo intended so uh 1985 we have number one is careless whisper by wham and number two is like a virgin by madonna wow that's a great year it is a great year and if you look at it just being wham versus madonna i might have a different answer but since it's careless whisper versus like a virgin i think i would go with wham in terms of staying power i feel like more people talk about the song and sing it and love it you don't really hear too many people blasting like a virgin yeah i think like a virgin at the time was so iconic because it introduced madonna to the world like i mean obviously she had had other hits but this was really her kind of breakout. It's kind of, it's ironic. Like this was Madonna's breakout and this was sort of Wham's death knell. Mm-hmm. I think even the Careless Whisper was like credited as like George Michael it with was, Wham or of yeah, Wham. It was, it like was different in the UK as it was here. I'm not really sure what it was. Yeah. Um, but Casey definitely says it's Wham. Yeah, it, de- it was definitely the precursor to George Michael's solo career. But I, I do think when looking back on it now, since Madonna had so many like better songs that would come out like even very shortly after, it's hard to really hold like Virgin up as her most, you know, her best songs. I just think I, she has so many better ones. She does. And I'm even thinking if like, let's say Into the Groove for the number two song, this might be a different argument yeah. for me. But I definitely think Careless Whisper by Wham!, it does stand the test of time and it's it was um almost on my top 40 list when we were doing it i think i ended up choosing kissing a fool by george michael instead but yeah it's iconic for sure and another agreement um for you and i in this in this debate i don't know how are we ever going to disagree i don't know um let's see where 1986 takes us that's where we have the number one clunker that's what friends are for and versus the number two song say you say me by lionel richie oh boy joe take both Mm -hmm. of these and throw them in the garbage i okay then we'll make this one quick because i would put say you say me 
on top just for the tempo change in the bridge when it gets yeah. just a little fast and sassy. That's true. That's a good point. As soon as you said that, you're like mm-hmm. tempo change. I was like, oh, yeah. I mean, at least it's got something fun going on in it. I appreciate it. And I, yeah. I'm going to live in an alternate universe where the whole song was that speed. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, that's what friends are for. I mean, I, let's just, you know, give it its props in terms of it was like for charity and bringing visibility to the AIDS crisis and all that. But it sucks. <laughs> it's so bad and schmaltzy. And I yeah. just, every time it comes on, I instantly just cringe and become a worse person, I feel. So there's no its contest. legacy. Yeah. yeah. Say you say me by default, I guess, for me. Right. Yeah. No, I have about 900 others that year that I think I would prefer to be the number one song of the year, but we don't have the time. So let's skedaddle into 1987, which this is a this is a hard one. Walk Like an Egyptian by the Bangles at number one and number two, Alone by Heart. Wow. I've said wow about a million times. I know, <laughs> but here it is apt. Wow. Yes. What else can you say? Wow. Okay, here's what I can say. Just between these two songs, I'm just thinking how many man hours I spent lip syncing and performing these in front of the mirror when I was a kid, you know? (laughs) I love it. I have to give the edge to Walk Like an Egyptian just because that's the one I owned on tape. That must mean I I liked it a little bit more back then Mm -hmm. because I didn't have any heart tapes growing up. Here's where I think there's a difference for me. It's like, if you had asked me in 1987, I probably 100% would have said Walk Like an Egyptian because it was super fun. I loved the bangles. It was the song. But now if you're asking me, I think I would say Alone by Heart because it's just the difference in in time. You know, Alone by Heart resonates a little more. It's got, it's got a deeper meaning to me than, you know, that frothy, fun Walk Like an Egyptian It's just such a torch song and has been done by different people over the years and nobody has equaled the, you know, the original. So I think Alone wins it for me, but I still love Walk Like an Egyptian for sure. I don't I don't begrudge your choice. I definitely grew into Alone by Heart. It is one of my faves. I do love it a lot. And you have to think, too, like, what the hell does Walk Like an Egyptian mean? Like, what do any of those lyrics mean? I think we can both agree that Susanna's Hoff's uh, eye movement in that particular (laughs) (laughs) part of the video where she, like, darts her eyes back and forth is become, like, you know, memeable. Yeah, and iconic. And at the end of the day, if if you had to pick uh, one thing about Walk Like an Egyptian, I would I would pick that eye movement from the video. (laughs) I agree. It was in that 80s puzzle that we put together. It was that collage. Yeah. Remember, they featured the side eye. And I say side eye. It wasn't like shady. It was very sexual. (laughs) (laughs) She was. Yeah, she had some stuff going on. I thought she I think she was involved with Prince for a while. And oh, yeah. Susanna Hoffs. There you go. She did recently tweet a gif of her doing the splits while playing the guitar on stage. And I good for was her, girl. super impressed. Yeah. Yeah. Like currently she was. Oh, she, no. Sorry. Oh, it was, this 80s was from the past. Sure. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. Still, yeah. she was able to do that at all. Good <laughs> yeah. for you. You go, girl. Yeah. I know. But the gif ended. I wanted to be like, who helped her up? <laughs> all right. 1988. Who do we got there, Joe? 
while the number one song of the year was Faith by George Michael, and the number two song was Need You Tonight by NXS. Wow. I, okay, I'm going to try to stop saying wow. Um, yeah, I like this. I like both of them. I, I think it's this is a hard one for me. I, I only, thinking about the two of them in comparison, I think you have to go with Faith just because that was so explosive that year. Um, I think it's a great song. I think it holds up. I think the whole album is great. Uh, Need You Tonight by NXS sort of was like, seemed like they should have been a lot bigger. It's like their introductory tune and like they were going to explode and they were big for a little while, but they kind of just petered out. And so I think Faith sort of has more resonance and more staying power in terms of, of what it's done in the culture and continues to be such a great song. I think I would have to go with Faith. I agree. Those are very good points. And I honestly didn't know which I would pick um, because I've been debating about the two, but I think I will also go with Faith by George Michael, but I really do love Need You Tonight by NXS. The biggest thing about Need You Tonight that I remember is that sometimes it was paired. Do you remember on MTV, like there was a second part of the video where mediate. Yes. Where Michael Hutchins was like standing with like these cue cards Mm -hmm. and just like throwing them off to the side. I've got to let you know you're one of my kind. That was the big thing that I loved about Need You Tonight is trying to see that video and see the end part because it seemed so cool. But I think it's just direct rip off of something Bob Dylan did. Right. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't did know that. that at the time. But the other thing is MTV didn't do it all the time. It was only yeah. like every like fifth or sixth time they played Need You Tonight, they would include that. And you're right. It was a thrill. They knew what they were doing. They were mm. getting people. They were getting people excited. Yeah. All right, 1989, we've got Look Away by Chicago and My Prerogative by Bobby Brown. Mm, mm, Bobby mm, Bay! Mm. (laughs) Bobby B dead me to do it. (laughs) Let's just say up front that when I put these, I listed these um, out in the document, I put My Prerogative by Britney Spears. (laughs) Right, so how memorable is Bobby Brown's version? I think you're right. The first thing you typed, you didn't even know until I just, you thought I did it. You thought I went in and changed it. No, no, ma'am. Yeah. I mean, I listen, first of all, let me say this. Look Away by Chicago is one of the worst songs ever. This is the worst song we've discussed today. Yeah. It's awful. I remember it because I have very specific memories of the station that we, the pop, Top 40 station where I grew up was KZIO and they did a top nine at nine every night. And I have specific memories of every freaking night listening to the top nine and getting to the end and having it be look away by Chicago being the number one song. And just thinking to myself, who is requesting this (laughs) trash? Like, no. Yeah. A 10 year old Carrie didn't put up a no bullshit. (laughs) Yeah. 
I mean, and it lasted for so long. It was just stuck around. And I just, yeah, I don't know what the situation was. I think this was maybe their first big hit after Peter Cetera left. And people were like, just, you know, so excited that Chicago was continuing on. Who knows why? But uh, it's just bad. I can't stand it. It, you know, I would, I would never want to hear it again in my life. Uh, so I guess for me, my prerogative wins by default because I'm not such a big fan of that either, especially given there are a bunch of other songs on that album by Bobby Brown that I love more. Like, I don't know if they're on the same album, but like, Don't Be Cruel and Every Little Step. Those are definitely ones by him that I enjoy. And my prerogative is just kind of, I'm not into it. Okay, so I'm going to just go ahead and say what you're afraid to. Um, (laughs) Re Chicago's success with Look Away. Payola, baby. They were scared because Peter (laughs) Cetera was gone. They're like, what are we going to do? So, yes, Payola for sure. I I don't care who knows it. Okay. But my prerogative, I I like it. But in a perfect world, Buffalo Stance would have been the number one song this year. Oh, God, yes. Buffalo Stance was definitely one of the first Cause singles I ever bought. Would you sit down scratching and give me a beat? I had the whole cassette tape thanks yeah. to the BMG Record and Tape Club. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, I didn't even realize that was 1989 for sure. I don't even need to know all the other songs that came out in 1989. Buffalo Stance. Sure, you can be number one in my book. Looking at this now on paper, like Look Away by Chicago, that that's the emblem of 1989. No, thank you. Wow, we've made some bad choices, but that's yeah. like way up there. Yeah. Well, so that was our wrap up of the number ones of 1980s. I don't, so we disagreed once. Was that what it was? Yeah, once or twice, but they were yeah. like gentle disagreements. <laughs> gentle. Like we no respected, hard yeah, well, I respected your side, you respected mine, and we both hate endless love, and that's the most important thing. Very true. God, so many of these we could just take and wipe off. Right. History, and no one would be any worse off. So uh, let us know your thoughts about uh, where you would uh, place some of these songs and pick one over the other. You can tweet us at HRT80S. That's HRT80s. We also have an email, which is... We do. It is heyrememberthe80s at gmail.com. And there's no apostrophe between the eight zero and the S. So don't even try it. Uh, Joe, we have another segment. And this oh. is... um. Yeah, one we've covered before. I don't think we had a name for it last time, but I think now we have dubbed it Songs That Time Forgot. Songs That Time Forgot. Because we did mention, right, we remember. We remember them all. And you'll also remember we discussed last week finding joy in discovering obscure 80s songs. So we're passing them on to you. Now, you may love the 80s and know every song. They won't be obscure to you. Well, I'm sorry, Professor 80s. They're unknown to a lot of people. Slow your roll, Professor 80s. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I just want to shout out again. uh, This segment is unofficially sponsored by thefoxoldies.com, which is a great station where you can hear a lot of obscure 80s songs and where I have discovered most of these. My pick for this week is Don't Answer Me by Alan Parsons Project. We talked about Alan Parsons Project last week in reference to Eye in the Sky and about how they're definitely sort of prog rock 70s. Kind of ironic that I picked this song because this song actually sounds like it's straight out of 50s doo-wop. So wrap your mind around that. 
But I don't know. I am. Um, I think when we put together our 80s list show, um, one of the recurring themes for me was pianos. I love big piano sections and songs and like really robust, like big sounds out of pianos. And this definitely has that. Um, this song actually peaked at number 15 on the charts, so it's not super obscure, but I mean, it certainly was not known to me. Um, I think it came out in 1984, and a fun fact is that it was actually uh, nominated for Best Experimental Video at the first ever 1984 MTV Video Music Awards, but lost to Herbie Hancock's Rocket. So you remember Rocket video, That's, don't you? You know, I I'm not mad. I love APP, you know that. Yeah. But I'm not mad at lost this award to Herbie Hancock's Rocket because that was just yeah. really iconic. I mean, it's unfortunate, you know, that he had to make that video and not put himself in it because MTV um would not play videos by African American artists. Yeah. So it's it's unfortunate that they had to make this video, but it is groundbreaking and it deserved to win that inaugural award for sure. Yeah, 100%. Shout out to Rocket. That's, that's you know, that's a cool song. Deserves to be remembered. But uh, Don't Answer Me by Alan Parsons Project. Check it out. I don't know what else to say about it. I, I just, it's one of those ones that just gets me. That'll surprise you, I think, if you've never heard it. Yeah, a different side of APP. What's your pick, Joe? Well, your song peaked at number 15 on the charts. Mine only made it to number 16. So you win this week. It is called You Don't Want Me Anymore by Steel Breeze. You love it. I know you do. It made it to number 16 in 1982, and this band was actually discovered when their demo tape ended up at a Hollywood nightclub named Madame Wong's. Apparently, they were holding on to something like 1,200 different demo tapes because these bands would somehow leave them there. And then I guess they had a staff meeting, and they were like, guys, this is Madame Wong's, okay? We're a hot nightclub. We're not a demo tape storage facility. So they put it out there for all the music execs in Hollywood. Come out to Madame Wong's. We're going to have all these demo tapes. You might find a winner. So a woman did pick up the tape by Steel Breeze. She contacted them and signed them. And they put out a record. And I it did not do so good. I think there might have been one record after that. But hey, they had their shot. And this song to me is very 80s, very early 80s with that synth that you may recognize. also wonder if the band Ra Ra Riot knew this song because they put out a song about five or six years ago that I think sounds sounds too similar, guys. I think there might be some copyright infringement going on if anyone cared at all about Steel Breeze or Ra Ra Riot. I don't know. Steel Breeze, are you out there? Are you hearing this? Check out the Ra Ra Riot song. alone when I gave it up despite all the weight 
So Steel Breeze, if you sue Ra Ra Ray and get some money, don't forget who pointed this out to you. Have you listened to both of these songs yet? Wow, Joe, those are super similar. Uh, yeah, that's what I've been trying to tell you. <laughs> no, I love, I want to uh, go on record as saying I love You Don't Want Me Anymore as well. I just has got a super infectious beat. I, I imagine like it playing in a teen movie, like mm. over the credits, like as shots kids... of like kids at a drive through yeah. or hanging out in a parking lot. Yeah, good choice, Joe. As was yours. Thank you. All right, well, I think that's all we have for today, Joe. Yeah, it was very productive. I feel like I know a lot more about your feelings about the number one songs of the 80s. I learned a little bit, and I learned that if the chips are down, you're not going to take the Bengals side, but that's okay. I still love you. (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate your support. Uh, so let's give uh, people information again about where they can reach us. What's our yeah. Twitter handle? Tweet us at HRT80S. That's Hey, Remember the 80s. So that's Twitter. And <laughs> and our email is Hey, Remember the 80s at gmail.com. That's 80S in that as well. And remember, no apostrophe. So uh, two ways to get a hold of us. If you're hearing this, then I guess that assumes that we have actually put this out. <laughs> so. Yes. Um, but Joe, we have to give a shout out to your friend Tom that made our uh, our podcast graphic. Oh yeah, he made this whole thing possible by making the artwork, and I really appreciate it. Thank you, Tom. And then you're right. I also want to say, in case you didn't catch it last time, that my husband loved the '80s movie Disorderlies starring the fat boys. And I just want to make sure everyone knows that because I sure didn't when I married him. So I think we're ready to sign off now. <laughs> yeah. Well, I hope everyone's having a great day. Be kind to yourself. Uh, be kind to us in your comments. And hey, remember the 80s. Oh, we do. Bye. Bye. Bye.